Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis. This is MJ Network, brought to you by Memory of My Sister, Marsha Joyce. And welcome, Betty Slade. Betty Slade created a newsletter that focuses on different types of articles, inspirational stories, religious stories, her latest best-selling novel, and her six-word stories, which I love. So welcome to the open window designed to enlighten, encourage, and bring joy to your heart. And I've received good news from his publisher, and I'm so glad that this book was sent to me. First Elk Pub Lake Publishing includes Taming Well Hearts with the Five Western Boots for the Will Rogers Medallion Award Catalog. Good morning, Betty, and welcome to MJ Network. Well, thank you, Fan, and it's just a privilege to be here with your audience. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. This is different, and for those of you that don't know, that was Rachel and Michael from TrinityHouse.net, and they have music and religious inspiration, and they're beautiful, the songs. So she created that for my for my opening. Betty Slate is an author, and she's written a novel based on actual facts about the Curly Sulphurs, Taming Wild Hearts. What made you choose that and why the, why the love of horses so much? I love horses, too. Well, I uh, met a doctor here in town in my little uh, town of Pagosa Springs, and it's the zero, uh, uh, ground zero for these Curly Sulphur Mustangs. And there's mm. like three in the world, and they are just about to be uh, extinct. So... Uh, I met him, and I wanted to write a, a, a actually, I had started a book on uh, a, a country family here in, in the Rocky Mountains, and uh, a western, and I thought this would be great to bring in this, uh, this curly sulfur, because very few people have ever seen a curly horse, so that's mm. where I started. So you want to write about country families and how they raise good children. How does that play in the book, Taming Wild Hearts? Well, the reason I started with uh, a country family, I love strong country families. I love uh, that they raise good kids and they're hard workers and and they have uh, godly morals and principles. And and that's that's where I started. That's hard. Because just just to create the puzzle, how did you create the characters there? Well, I uh, wanted uh, a contemporary book, and I thought, uh, and basically, uh, I needed a good cowboy, a Colorado mm-hmm. cowboy, and uh, I wanted uh, it's it's a really a co uh, protagonist, uh, the uh, male and the female, Bree Steele. 
Uh, she comes from the streets of San Francisco, and she's running away from uh, the mafia, mm-hmm. and she's uh, a murderer. So she is coming to find her family, and uh, she did not know her family before that. So she's coming to this uh, this ranch in in, uh, in Colorado, and three uh, uh, and uh, uh, my character Luke had just. Uh, rescued uh, one of these uh, horses from Disappointment Valley, and there is a place in Colorado that's called uh, Disappointment Valley. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's um, uh, Bree is like a metaphor. Uh, there, we both these uh, characters, uh, Bree and and this Curly Sulphur, are both like throwaway feral. And so I thought, uh, start that with that metaphor and how she. Uh, she just lives on the street, and uh, she feels like she's no one, and she's come to a really strong family. And so that's how, this is how the character started. Well, I love Bree, but I really love Luke a lot. So Thank you. Well, he's a modern-day cowboy. He, he sounds, like, so polite. It's like you don't meet people that are so polite and respectful. So. You know, I, I love that. Uh, living here in the country all these years, I I love you know just those good people. They're they're pleasant. They're uh, mm-hmm. hard workers and they're unpretentious. And I love that. And so that's where I I wanted to stay. That um, uh, just to, almost a throwback to you know those kinder days when uh, people yeah. help their neighbors. Nobody talks to anybody here, and I, you know, I lived, I lived, I grew up in the South Bronx in a tough neighborhood, and no matter who you were, everybody said good morning. Not here, not up here. If you, they, they look at you like, oh, hmm, they're not sure, and I don't care. I, I say good morning sometimes. Sometimes I just walk away and just say, it's really sad where the world is coming to. There's nothing wrong with saying good morning, have a nice day, really. Well, we so. still have that because we're out in the country, and we're, yeah. uh, you know, the southwest. But we watch the news out of New York, and we are just astounded. We just say, what has happened <laughs> to common sense? <laughs> it, it is. I mean, I was walking in the street. <laughs> I went to the bakery, and this strange man looked at me. I didn't know him, and my, my hair is different colors. And he said, you really look good. That, that that hairdo came out good. I said, you just made my whole day. And I didn't know him at all. So we have Luke, a modern-day cowboy, and he rescues a rare crawly self or Mustang from poachers in Disappointment Valley. How does he do that? And how does he do it without getting hurt? Well, we have a... a, a it's called BLM. It's the Bureau of uh, Land Management here in Colorado and all through the Southwest. But uh, uh, he sees a drone that is uh, uh, has chased this horse away from uh, their herd, and uh, so he shoots it down. And uh, the horse is almost dead, but he didn't realize that he he found this rare breed, and. Uh, it is possible because they are there are a few uh, that is in this you know Mustang. It's interesting about Portland Valley. There is nothing that lives 
uh, in this valley. I mean, it's just wilderness and dry, and the tarantulas and these mustangs have survived. And what they're trying to do now is is take the land away from the mustangs. And you know, there's there's the ranchers involved and uh, other people. And uh, so anyway, it's like these mustangs are just uh, becoming uh, destroyed. And so mm-hmm. he is. He's got this heart for these mustangs, and he is uh, rescuing them, and he's gentling them, and he's selling them to the public, and uh, that sort of thing. So uh, he's, he's got a business in, in taming these wild horses, and the, this one is really unique. And and this is this is how I wanted Bree to be as a metaphor: is that out of mm-hmm. the, the streets of San Francisco comes this rare girl, just a beautiful girl that uh, uh, doesn't know where her family is, and, you know, she was left on the streets at six years old, and and so I wanted to have that uh, that whole thing, that she comes into a real strong family, and, of course, a strong family, you know, five generations, they're very set in their ways, and, and they really don't like outsiders, and so there's a conflict there, so... But Luke falls in love with her, and and uh, she needs to be loved, and she does. She's very untrusting, and mm. of course, trust uh, comes through someone loving you, and you know, and it takes through the whole book, uh, learning how to trust Luke's love. But he's got enough to <laughs> to cover all her baggage and everything else. I know, and I worried about how, because of who she was escaping from, that leads a whole part of the book. So, yeah, it, it, it's 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 scary. And I know from in general, there are so many people that you would like to trust. And I learned a long time ago. My dad taught me: don't be so fast to trust anybody. And if they tell you something, I learned: if you don't hear it with your own two eyes and see it with your hear it with your own two eyes and see it with your own two eyes, don't believe it. You have to learn to, you know, to decide so for yourself, sad. and that's a hard one. Yeah, you have to keep your heart open, and um, you know, because yeah. uh, these things happen, and it's like with the scam and all the other things going on today, it's kind of like yeah. you've got to be so wise, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know what, it used to be so simple. We raised our kids out here in the country, and we had one TV program, and we watched Happy Days, <laughs> and, and it was like, that's you know, it's like the kids played outside and the strong kids. Today they're very productive uh, adults, but uh, the kids don't have that anymore. No, I wasn't allowed to go outside after school. Of course, where I grew up was kind of dangerous. It didn't bother me, but it was kind of dangerous. So I, I, did a, I spent a lot of time reading, and that's my problem yeah. for now. I spend a lot of time reading and playing the piano and the violin and all the rest of it, whereas other kids could go outside and play. My mother said, this is what you have to do, because if you don't get 100 on the test, you get 99, you've got to write it over, for real. So I learned. Wow. Well, that's, yeah, you so, know what, that's good uh, parody. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my mother. Um, it, it does frame you, and it actually forms you who you are. And if, you know, you're raised in a very fearful family or whatever, it's, you have to work to get out of that. You know, it's, it's like yeah. what, what parents do to the children is, is just, wow, it's, it's sad. 
So, but my children are raised, and so it, you know, I just feel good about that. <laughs> that they're all healthy, uh, productive human beings. Well, my niece, my niece is enough. My sister died 13 years ago, and when she died, I think she wrote it in her will. You're stuck with all of them. I thank you so much. So because, yeah, my one is a nurse, one is uh, going for criminal justice, this one's going for medical assistant, and the other one, she wants to be the next Ariana Grande. But my three nephews are are really smart. So my my brain and influence have worked. So you self-published this, right? Is this Uh, right in front of work? This is not self-published. This is traditional? Uh, uh, this was uh, published through Elk Lake Publishing yeah. there in uh, uh, the east. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, a, a good publishing company. I wanted something that uh, they would uh, work with me and not change my words or anything. And uh, I've got a real good working relationship with Elk Lake. And they That's great. Yeah, well, I uh, I work with a a company that charged a lot of money to get my last book before the last one published, and I felt like I got ripped off. It was an independent company, and they charged me thirty six hundred dollars to get the book done, and they didn't, and they they did nothing to help. Yeah, she. Uh, They sent an editor and all the rest, but I said to her, "The book is eighty pages. How do I make it longer?" Oh, it's fine. So it went nowhere. It was a waste. So well, you've you really got to be lucky. Yeah. And it was a whole year. My book was oh. ready and really clean uh, when I sent it to them and, and signed the contract in May 2022. Mm. And then it didn't come out till May 2023 because it was, they had such a backlog uh, of, of books to be published. But uh, it came out and, uh, it, it, you know, it's a good way. I'm already on my second book, and, and uh, it should be released within the year. So as soon as uh, we get it all set up. But it's a process. But, uh, yeah, I know. Several months have paid, and it's, it's a vanity company, they call it, uh, where they charge you. So uh, if you can get a company that believes in what you're doing, and uh, I found that. I was just. I didn't have an agent or anything, but uh, I found mm-hmm. that company, and and it's it's been very it's been very good to me. And also, yeah, I did I, my I, first one with a company that did nothing and charged a lot of money. Uh, there were you know, self-publishing. I do have a I have a self-publisher that does my books. She does a great book. It's just that the editor that did the last one was fantastic, and he disappeared. Nobody could find him. And it makes wow. sense. So I finally I got this young girl that's doing my book now, and she's really good. I just hope it comes out right. I don't know who I'm going to ask to publish it because horror is kind of different. So how do you how do you get people to know that your book is there besides podcasts and interviews? How do you get to know that they're there, that you're there, that your book is out there, and that people want to read it? Well, a year before I launched the book. Um uh, I uh, made a plan, and uh, I had uh, someone came to our writers group and was speaking to us, and she said, uh, the first thing you do is have a plan to market. 
Yeah. And she said, uh, who's your people? And it's like, uh, well, I'm not quite sure because I write a, a newspaper article, a column, and I've been doing it for 15 years. So I knew that that was one of the bases of my of my platform was through uh, uh, through my column and the people here at Pagosa. So I purposely uh, set the, the stage and, you know, the setting of the book here at Pagosa. And then uh, the horses and there's horse lovers, and so I, I knew there was a lot of uh, um, horse people out there. So that was part of my platform. So one of the, the things is who's your people and, you know, develop a, a platform uh, who, who would mm-hmm. buy this. And then uh, the next thing is uh, build your uh, email list. And I had a, a, an enormous uh email list because I I taught at, uh, I, I used to be a, an artist uh, for 45 years, and I I stopped in, in 2010 when I really became a serious writer. I couldn't do both, but uh, I had uh, reached out to uh, this resort where I taught. It was a Wyndham Resort, and so uh, I had a lot of people that I met through the years uh, teaching them watercolor. So, you know, that was part of my platform, you know, and and keeping uh, through the uh, the arts and the creative. And that's my newsletters. It's like the first thing I did was put a newsletter together, and it's like, okay, what what do I have to say and who do I have? Well, one thing I knew for sure is that I knew everything about the arts because I'd had a gallery, and I've done wholesale. I've done, a, you know, a lot of teaching and all that. So I thought, well, what I have to say is really to the creative people, to the writers, and to the artists. And so my newsletter is always geared towards that, to those people who are writing and, and those who are creative. And I was just wired in that creative realm, you know, Lots of ideas. I, I think in ideas. Some people think in dialogue, and but I think in ideas. And so that's you know that's really where I am, and that's what I'm about. So that was the beginning. And then uh, from the newsletter, I uh, you know I, the, the website was the very first thing I had already established that beforehand because I had some other books I had self-published, and so I had it set up. And um, so uh, with that, and and then the uh, social media, I'm on about five or six social medias, and the woman said that day when she said, make your plan, and she said, be consistent, and she said, it's interesting, she said, there's a, a man that that uh, uh, posts these quotes every day, you know, from all over, and she said, they're really interesting, and so I follow him, and she said, you know, find out, you know, what you have that people would follow you. And I thought, well, I, I'm i always writing, you know, phrases and thoughts and, you know, every day, I, you know, just a one-liner and all that. So I had lots of those. And I thought, well, you know what? Uh, I've got my own quotes here. And so I started uh, every day posting a quote. And it mm-hmm. takes a lot of time, but the way that it's set up with all these uh, different social medias, you can – Post them like ten ten days ahead of time. <clears throat> so I uh, started putting in these quotes every day, one a day, and uh, 
And some other things she said, whatever you do, be very consistent. And, uh, you know, show up and be consistent. And so I make sure that every day I show up with this quote. And uh, that has brought uh, quite a few new followers to Facebook, uh, Alignable and LinkedIn and Pinterest and uh, mm-hmm. Instagram. So, you know, I've, I've really reached out to those medias. And so, and then, unbelievable, I didn't even realize it, but as I was reaching out to these horse people, uh, there are uh, rescue missions for these horses all over the country. I had no idea. And they mm. started showing up on my Facebook. And, uh, and I thought, okay, how do I work with them? And so I reached out to some of them, let them know, you know, I had this book, and uh, some of them uh, have bought the book. And it's like, okay, what can I do for them? Because they're all on donation and they're all on, you know, looking uh, a way to provide. And, you know, there's wild horses all over this country. And uh, that these people are rescued these poor horses. So that was another platform that just kind of, you know, uh, popped up. So as you're in your social media and you're doing this, you're already connecting and you're getting a pulse of the market and who, who's, you know, who's following you and, 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 and of course, the, the writers. And uh, uh, I'm really involved with uh, a lot of the writers. Uh, <clears throat> oh, you know, so, uh, th- those are the things I'm doing, and uh, it has really worked. And also, even though I do have a publisher, they expect you to do all the marketing. So, mm. uh, yeah, and that's just one of the things is uh, they put you in front of different people that you really have to you have to be out there. So I I was out there building a, a platform and an audience for a year before it was uh, released. And then, you know, as I read and, and just kept looking at, okay, ways to market, uh, they said, well, you need a launch team. And I thought, oh, okay, well, what's that about? You know, people who will, you know, uh, send your book out and, and launch it, you know, outside of you. And so I've got, I got a, a launch team. I think I had 12 people on that. And that's a good number of, you know, for a launch So. Yes, yeah, so for writers, uh, the work that starts when the book is released, and uh, I, I found a place for, you know, like a, over 100 radio broadcasts and uh, a podcast, and uh, so I reached out there. I've been on a lot of radio shows and, and mm-hmm. uh, podcasts, and then there's a lady who does blogging, and she has a a, a blogger website, and so once a month I submit blog, on, and I chose the ninth of every month, so I make sure that I have a a blog there on that day, so I'm connected with her audience. So I think what you know, every time you can uh, plug into a different pocket of people, uh, it's it's really good because they're reaching people that you would never have any reach. So. Uh, and for virtually an unknown, you know, if, if you had sold millions of books and all of that, it, it's a different story. But uh, for me, you know, just 
uh, having to do it myself. But it, but it's working. It, it truly is working. Yeah. Well, the people that did my last book, I won't say who, did the same thing, and I found that um, they they hired they had somebody that worked with me the first time to take our grammar and syntax and stuff. Then I, I had a content editor that did a very poor job. She just said, oh, I erased this line and that line. I said, well, how do I make it stronger? That's why I'm paying you. And when it came to marketing, they wanted to charge me another $4,000 to market the book for one month. And I said, that's a ripoff. So I found um, some people on Facebook that do promotions and stuff, for, and they're doing okay. It's just that I guess horror is not one of the things that people like to read. So my book got great reviews and stuff like that. Um, there's a, a site called Partners in Crime. They're called Provenance Readers, and they they do publish books like yours. You know, do um, blog tours like yours, and then they tell you they give their book to the different people, and then you they review it. Or there's Rabbit Tours that's excellent. And they take ebooks and stuff like that. And then there was one that I used that they had no idea was horrible. So this the story is great, and you had to do all of this work at the end. Um, they created their own cover designs, and you work with different designers. So yes. what exactly did they do? They edited the book, didn't they? And they decided uh, they tell you what they, you have to fix, what you didn't have to fix. Mm-hmm. My my book is really clean because I have a lot of personal writers who are very good oh, that's editors. Good. I wish. That was, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so when it came to that, uh, they have a, because they actually they make money off that book. I mean, they're pub, they published mm-hmm. it and they they make money off that book, so they have oh, of a in house uh, designer for book covers, and uh, so I worked with her. Uh, with with the cover, and one of the other things, then, um, you know, I, I reached out to you to write a, a review, but you, oh my goodness, you just uh, wrote a beautiful, wonderful review of the whole book. I mean, it was just wonderful. And uh, one of the things is, I was trying to get if you get like fifty views, then you know, of course, your ratings go up on Amazon and all that. So mm-hmm. I was really at that, and uh, so that's another thing. But uh, reviews are like pulling teeth. Uh, you know, people will read your book and they'll just say, "Oh, it's really good," but they never get mm-hmm. around to posting a review. And so those reviews are are better than selling a book. You know, it's like you might sell a book here and there, but but if you can get those reviews, that's another thing that you really have to work at. I never did get to 50 reviews, and uh, I still, you know, when I meet people, uh, you know, they've read the book, I'll say, send in a review to Amazon, you know. So uh, anyway, uh, that's just one more thing uh, that I've done, and uh, now just speaking with your audience today, uh, it's a privilege, and, and it's just another outlet because there might be someone out there that loves horses or, or uh Love country families or western families, and um, and westerns seem to be coming back. I mean, I, I guess they've always been here, but uh, people are loving that. And I, I want to make it in contemporary time 
and uh, so anyway, uh, the people say, well, I've got this book, you know, I want to write and, and all of that, and I'll just say, you know what, I love that book because you'll be working with that book probably four years, you know, by the time you write it and edit and rewrite it mm. and, and get it yeah. out to the market. And, and because I love these stories, and I'm already on my second story, hopefully this, this series will have three books. I'm, that's how I'm, I'm gauging it, three books in this series. But uh, I feel, you know, it's a romance to me. I just love, I'm just loving writing it. And if, if you love writing it, whatever you're writing, then your audience will pick that up, and, and they'll love what you're doing. So I love my characters. Uh, Everybody's favorite is Uncle Charlie. I had him kind of like the, the black sheep mm-hmm. of the family with that country drawl, and you know he's he's really a throwback from uh, good old days. So you know it's uh, and and people really gravitate to him. And I thought, well, I'm going to write a book just about him, but I think a, a little of him goes a long way. So <laughs> I'm going to stay with Bree and Luke and, and keep that uh, that country saga going. Well, it, it's true, and I find that um, my book is, like I said, the first set of books I ever wrote, Wahara, with my kids, my children's books, living, growing up in the Bronx with my sister. Um, then I wrote Sisters, Two Sisters from the Bronx, and then I decided I went to the cemetery to pay for the final respects for her um, unveiling, and I looked at her stone and I said, Marsha Joyce, if you could talk to me and tell me what happened, what would you say? And I walked around the whole cemetery, and I'm saying, Mr. So-and-so, why did you die? So my first book was from the voices of the people that died that wanted to tell their story from them, from their point of view. And I don't know how I came up with it, and people really liked it. So I wrote a few, yeah. but this last one yeah, this last one is different. And people are just really, you know, I put it on Facebook. I interview famous authors all the time. It doesn't even bother me. All the New York Times authors... And I'll say, you know, what would you do about this? It's amazing. I help them all the time. If they have a situation that they need to fix, I fix it. And yet when I said to them, um, some of them read the book, some of them don't. When you get a review that says, the book is very good, I really liked it, the characters are wonderful, they didn't read it. That's just an opinion. And and that bothers me because Amazon, they took your review right away and said we accept it. I wrote a book about Shakespeare and the Master of Verona two weeks ago. They just accepted it today. I wrote a wow. book, a true story, based on what happened to this, these, this family in Pakistan and what the father did to his daughters. They didn't accept that one yet, and it's a great review. I just, you know, I don't know what their standards are, and I didn't bother to ask. But because this is romance, I would say that anybody um, from 20 to 100 love it. And if you love horses, yeah. I'm going to tell my niece, who's the one going for medical assist, she loves horses. Being a Western drama, I believe it will attract men, because um, Luke is not one of those macho, horrible people that think he's great and he has to shoot people. So that that's pretty much your target audience. You could even have kids that are much younger read it, and yeah. learning how to deal with horses. That That's what I find interesting. So well, I want that's where it would appeal to older people, and well, of course, you know, the romance is from 20 on, whatever. 
But I didn't want it uh, like a young adult. I didn't want to keep it down, you know, in 13, 14. Mm. I also didn't want it to be a girly book. So I made a really strong uh, male character and the Western. So, you know, men, uh, I've had a lot of men read it and just, uh, you know, it's really dynamite and I love it. And I've had really super reviews. They'll just say I can hardly, you know, wait to read it again. But I kept it real clean. I, uh, you know, I didn't. Uh, I really kept it clean, and and but I yeah. kept it adult, uh, you know, frame of uh, setting so that, you know, they're not thinking that they're reading a a, a kids book or uh, or anything like that. And also, you know, Hallmark, uh, they're pretty flat, and I wanted to make sure that uh, I, I wanted teeth in my book. You know, where where it's got a really good story and, and, you know, it's got a lot of emotion to it. And so I I feel really good about this book. Of all the books I've written, it's probably my favorite and, and because I, I feel just super good. It's very clean, uh, not a typo. Maybe there might be one, but I don't think so. You know, they're just, it's, just, it's just a good book. Well, before I forget... Oh, um, I, I read just about everything, but I won't read erotica or porn or books that have a lot of bad language, <laughs> to be very honest. I get criticized a lot, but I won't read those because I don't think you know they're what? worthy of my time. Yeah, it is unnecessary. And I'm finding in movies now uh, there is so much of the F word, and I just it, it, it coils inside of me, and I'll, I'll turn it off because of the horrible language. I won't. I won't even bother with it. I can't even bother with it. And I've gotten a few like that. And I've said to the author, "I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to pass." That and um, too many, too many political novels that really are over the top. And I won't deal with that either. So that's one. But before I forget, yeah, I learned tomorrow. I am going to interview. Deb Pines, and she wrote, oh, God, don't you dare do this to me, computer. Don't you dare even think of doing it to me. Hmm. My computer well, has this habit of having a mind of its own. Exit without stalling, yes, stalling. It does that every single day. All of a sudden, and then the screen goes black, and then the show goes brown. So tomorrow, Deb Pines, Evil for Evil. Next week is a true st- the story of the last true Templar. On the 15th, we have New York Times author John Lansing, true story, 25 to life. Now, this is the biggie. On the 20th, Spy Coast, Tess Gerenson, the author of Rizzoli and Isles, makes another appearance on my network. On the 21st, Eleanor Coons. And on the 28th, Minister Sam Oliver and I will talk about hospice care and final cares. And that's his expertise. And I find it very inspirational because not enough people understand the process and not enough people understand what you can do and what you can't. So that's September. October, there's a lot of my shows booked till the end of January. So if anybody has anything coming out, you may as well tell me now. What can I say? And let me go on to the next page of questions. Um, you use a lot of social media. The one, the one that got me that I love that you put in your newsletter, I have to be brag, is the six-word stories. What made you do that? 
and I know it's horses, and it takes me a while to come up with those, by the way. Well, and it's it's interesting that uh, in the newsletter, it just happened because I was trying to figure out a way, because it's all on the marketing, the marketing side, and, mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out a way to get the response from the readers. And it just happened that, you know, I had uh, taught a class on writing six-word stories and how, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, you know how how they're put together, and, and in six words, you you know you know that story. And uh, so when I did that, I was amazed. I had about twenty or thirty uh, responses. And friend, you have uh, you write, and you'll put like ten uh, responses together of of ways. What I do is I put a, a, an image every month, and uh, then. Uh, people write a story around that image, and that has been a really big thing for newspapers. So, you know, for writers out there, uh, some some ways that you can get your uh, your readers to respond to you, and so that was one of the things I did. Another thing I did before that year, before the book came out, uh, I wrote excerpts uh, of the book and introduced my characters. Through my characters, I, I let them each describe who they were. You know, Bree told about how she, you know, got to the ranch, and, and Luke uh, talked about, you know, the horses and his love for horses. So, you know, I did all that through, through the voice of the characters, and I put that in the newspaper or in the newsletter. So I was just constantly uh, developing these newsletters saying, okay, what will, what will bring you know, these, these readers in. And I had a writer friend said, you know, of all the traction, she felt like the newsletter was what got her the most audience. And so I uh, I thought, okay, I can do that. So, I, you know, I do this monthly newsletter. And, and Fran, I think that's where I found you, and you, you started writing uh, uh, these six-word stories. And, you know, and then I published them in the next newsletter. So uh, I went from a, a, a monthly newsletter to a bi-monthly. So uh, on the 15th of the month, I send out the um, the image in a newsletter and, and uh, responses from, from people and reviews and all that. And then on the 1st, then I, I post these. So they're not so far, uh, you know, like a, a month ahead that I post them on the 1st. And uh, uh, people love to see their name and see, you know, see their ideas and, and read other people's ideas. So, yeah, it, it's working. And now it's like it's, it's, it's working so well that it's really, part, it's really a big part of my newsletter. I use some of the ideas in my own writing. And then the yeah. next book, I took like the first six of them said whatever. And I'm saying, I looked at the horses, the four horses, and I go, if they could talk to me, what would they say? And the, yeah. the directions were different. The big one was to the right, and the one was the two in the middle, and the one, the little white one was to the left. And I'm going like, does he want to run away? 
and I'm trying to think of what do the horses have to say? What would they say to me if they could tell me what the problem is? And then I felt so bad because they looked like they were so hot. (laughs) I love love your ideas, and I love it when I get your email. Uh, It's kind of like I, I, uh, you know, look at them, I think, oh, wow, I hadn't even thought of that. So, you know, an image can bring a hundred ideas. And uh, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's, it's again, I'm, I'm relating to the creative people in the newsletter. I, I, so I'm, I'm uh, spotlighting other writers and other artists uh, every month. I have a, someone that I spotlight because I really want to share uh, that marketing with someone else because uh, – you know, uh, I've got a large following, and and they also, uh, you know, can reach into that pocket of people, and some of the people reach out to them. So, it is a it's a community effort to get your book out there, uh, and uh, just work with other people. I, I really, uh, as artists. Uh, in, in the art world, uh, it's like, you know, really working and helping each other. And to me, there's never been any competition at all because what we write, no one else can write. It's like what God's put inside of you, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's those stories. It's like only you can write that story. I mean, you, other people can get close to it, but only I've lived out here, you know, in the country for uh probably 40 years and we moved from the city from Albuquerque and you know we we were very uh, into the city life and arts and all that and then we moved to the country and through that that stepping into the country made my you know my stories on my country family more authentic because we've been through four feet of snow Uh, we're right at the base of the Wolf Creek Pass so we get maybe four feet of snow in the winter, and mm. uh, uh, and you know we just we love it, we love it. Uh, but there's, you know, you, you got to have four wheel drive. You, you know, you get stuck. You got to have a tractor. You got to have a lot of things, you know, to to live out in the country, uh, well, in, in in the mountains. So uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. So that's what I do. Leaving a body of work for my my community of these uh, of, of this fiction, and it's actually built you know built on actual events. And I named some of the people in town that uh, you know are that they do business with my characters. So anyway, it's it's all good. It's 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 who I am, and and for other writers, you know, they all have their own story and and where they. They are, and like you, I mean, you said you were raised in the city, so you you know how it is to walk around the homeless, I guess. I walked around a lot, as a matter of fact. Um, when I wrote my first book, My Name is Bertha, my sister told me, I weigh 102 pounds, but at that time my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, so I was I eating my way into oblivion because nobody wanted to take care of her, and she was difficult. And my mom made me sign a paper that said, and she had to notarize that I wouldn't put her in a nursing home. I said, gee, Ma, you've got to be kidding me. How could you do this? So as tough as she was, I was the one that took took care of her. But basically, I'm a reading and writing specialist. So my students, 
would they I never had trouble walking into a classroom and they would never say to me, Oh God, she's here They would say, Oh God, what is she gonna do to us now? And I would try to explain to them your words are your own and it doesn't matter if you have a thousand grammatical errors, those are your ideas. You're doing a quick one, I wanna hear what you have to say. And they looked at me and they go, We have no idea some of the crazy topics I wrote up. But you know what? They, I've never walked into a room where they said to me, "Oh God, no, she's here." So this this, this is great. I know. <laughs> but I love you for that, and and I have people say you just you really are uh, inspiration to me, and yeah. I hold people's feet to the ground. It's kind of like, what are you doing? Why if you've been called to write and you have that ability, what? Why aren't you writing? And why aren't you, you know, why aren't you writing? So I, I'm very hard on people, uh, and but you know what? They thank me later, and probably my best teachers in you know growing up were people that uh, you know the teachers that I remember. Mrs. Cutterback was a, a math teacher, taught fractions, <clears throat> and you know what? I still know those fractions, <laughs> and she's probably not my favorite teacher, but I, I'm telling you, I got the most out of her. <laughs> No, I, I have a, re- a professor when I got my second master's in reading, and every couple of months, we're going to do one November 2nd, we do, I have my master's in reading and learning disabilities, and we do something based on reading and learning disabilities for people to learn the right way to teach kids how to read. And we're working on the science of reading, and there's a lot of minuses, a lot of pluses, so we're going to do the next half of it. So without, he, he taught me a lot. He also taught me, like you taught people how to write, he taught me how to review an article without telling, like saying, I like it, it's great, by giving your opinion based on what's in the article. That was tough. And he was tough. But he he, he said I was the only student that got an A in his class. So I must have done something right, seriously. So your fact right. that you can do this and that you you took the chance, you know, when you're writing a book, you're taking a chance. And yeah. the one yeah. thing I learned, and then you learned too, is that it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It matters that you like it, and you have pride in it, and you can stand by what you wrote. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. You could get a review that says, I hate this book, well, it's too short, because people do that on purpose. And it's, you know, you can't let that get you down, because what you're doing is, is great. So you have all these social medias. Which one do you find is the best? Because I get, I get a lot of people on LinkedIn and stuff, but I'm really careful because they're constantly asking me if I need a publisher. Would I like a college degree? I said, sorry, I have five. I don't need any more. And what, which one do you find is the best out of all of them? Well, LinkedIn is about business. So if you're writing a business book, uh, mm-hmm. you definitely want to you know, uh, really hone in on LinkedIn. But uh, the romance, you know, they, they will say, you really need to go to Facebook. Facebook is with women and, uh, you know, people uh, will, you know, they go all the time. So uh, I would say if you're, it's kind of what you're writing. And for me, it was a man. Mm-hmm. So uh, I zoned in on uh, Facebook. And the thing of it is, uh, my quotes go on all four, uh, four uh, medias every week or every day, but it's the Facebook that I seem to be picking up more people. They'll, they'll like it or make comment and, uh, and and send it out or whatever. So uh, for me and the romance and that, 
Facebook is definitely the one. And I have a, a writer's, uh, you know, business page on Facebook. And so on that particular Facebook, I don't write anything. I mean, I don't put family pictures or anything like that. It's definitely my writer's uh, uh, network. And I, I treat it like that. And then I have a, you know, a personal uh, Facebook that, you know, that, uh, you know, I keep up with friends and family and that sort of thing. So I think you have to find, you know, what you like and then uh, and what, what fits. But, uh, yeah, I would probably say Facebook for what I'm doing. Uh, my friend writes uh, academic books, and so she, she spends a lot of time on LinkedIn, and she puts a devotion once a week, and she – uh, not Facebook, but on LinkedIn, she she works that because her her book is a business book, and uh, so I, you know I think you just have to like they say you know know your people. What where 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 are you where are you picking up your your readers and and you know and that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, that's what I would tell your audience. I get a lot of people on LinkedIn that read my reviews, and I've been getting a lot of, you know, like you said, business people that say, would you like to connect with this one or that one because they want to sell me, you know, publicity or something like that. Um, it all depends. Um, Facebook is is okay. I sort of find my own people, and having a radio show, and it's so popular, which shocks me sometimes, I get publishing companies that say, would you review a book for us? Would you interview the author? We listen to your show. You don't know. Yeah. I can't tell now. There are a lot of people listening, and there's another talk show host that's listening right now, and you, you can't tell until afterwards you know, how many people actually identify with what you're doing. And, of course, once in a while you get somebody that says, I don't like what you know, I don't like your show, then, then don't listen. I don't care. I really, I really don't care. So before we end, tell us about book two in this series. Well, I'm, uh, since the first one was all geared on that one curly sulfur and, you know, trying to save the breed, uh, this next book is uh, about land grabbers, and uh, a lot of that is going on in around, uh, you know, of course, in Colorado and Utah in the southwest, and uh, uh the ranchers want that land because they want to run their cattle, and it, it becomes very political. And I've got, a, you know, I've always made real, uh, you know, very careful, like even my columns, I don't bring any political things because half my readers are, you know, just, you know, all over the page. So uh, I, I stay away from any political things, even though I have strong political views. I, mm. I don't go there. And the uh, the second book... Uh, is really around, again, the romance for Green and Luke. I keep the, the characters. And I've introduced uh, the mother uh, who has left, who had left Bree on the street at six years old. She was strung out on drugs, and, and, you know, she went with her boyfriend and left the girl, just left her there with no coat or shoes. And so, you know, there's, there's this, this uh, thing that's going on there. So she shows up. Uh, on the ranch with uh, Bree's grandmother's ashes, and uh, Bree, you know, is very angry because the, the mother mm. is still selfish and into herself, and it's like, look at what you've done with my life, you know. So 
I've got that real strong um, romance uh, relationship going on, and I also have uh, the working with the different uh, people, and I've got a couple of rogue uh, BLM people who are who are you know stealing the horses, you know uh, truckloads of mm-hmm. horses, and, and and they skin these horses, they sell these beautiful, they're called done. Uh, horses, the sulfurs, because they've got beautiful stripes and everything, uh, and they they sell the skin, sell the meat for consumption. They, you know, and and so there's laws that are that protect these horses, but then there's laws that don't protect the horses, and and of course it's all about who's got the money and who's paying under the table and that sort of thing. So it's you know there's a a, a mystery going on uh, underneath all of you know, the the land and all that. So he and Bree get caught up in in trying to uh, save these forty trapped horses that are getting ready to go to slaughter. And uh, mm. so all of a sudden, you know, we've got bad guys and guns and that sort of thing that's come into the picture. So that is going to be uh, the second book, and I've got it set up where they will um, get married at the end of this book. Uh, they've known each other a year and uh, so that is really my plan and then the third book I'm going to really go into the, the five generations of the, the family you know mm. there on the that ranch so uh, I've got it pretty well laid out and um, you know I, I feel like I've, I've got enough there's a lot of good stuff going on that would keep the readers really involved well, I want a copy before it even comes out. So I'm going to do some yeah. promo and let everybody read it. And the, those of you um, that are listening, you should join this six-word story. It, it's a challenge, let me tell you. Um, the girl with the with the horse, that she looked like she was so sad. Uh, the the horses, the last four horses were really amazing. I mean, I ke- I keep the I keep the prompts on my phone. I think the most telling was the girl looked with her back to the wall. And she looked like yes. she was in some kind of trouble, so that was good. So before we end, where can everybody learn all about you? And the newsletter is on Facebook if you want to read it and read my six stories, six-word stories. I put it on Facebook for people to know that, you, that you're that you there, and hopefully you get more listeners and more readers. So where can everybody okay. find out about you and your work? Well, Fran, I appreciate you have been a real cheerleader, and the review you sent was absolutely wonderful. I'm glad. And, uh, <laughs> you have really you've supported these newsletters. You've always responded, you know, with the six word stories, and so you you are really a cheerleader for uh, writers out there. And uh, I've never met you, but I've met you through, you know, uh, the six word stories probably more than anything else. So, you know. Thank you for that, and thank you just for your audience today. That uh, I would never, they would never know about me without you. So you're doing really a good service for other writers who's trying to get their books out there. I'm so glad. Well, thank you so much, and okay. I'm hoping that my <laughs> my next book will go better. Uh, like I said, it's it's called Mirror Image. And if you look okay. in the mirror, you're going to see your alter ego because you've done something wrong. Your alter ego is not going to look like you. It's going to look like what you're going to look like if you don't repent 
and be a mirror, face in the mirror. Well, I'll keep an eye out on that, and you let me know when it's, it's out and who published it and, and where I can get it. So definitely uh, keep keep me involved in, in what you're doing. I will, and thank you so much. I'm looking forward to the next Pompton Challenge. Everyone, it's okay. a beautiful day outside. Betty, thank you so much. Everybody have a great day. Stay safe, and bye. Are you still there?